Man, if this music doesn't get you excited for our episode today, I don't know what else can do it. It puts you in maybe like a fighting mood, gets you energized, gets you ready to go. And speaking of fighters, that's exactly who we are talking with today. So excited. This guy, incredible, incredible fighter. You guys, every single week, you know, I bring you a little piece of advice off the top. The one that I'm talking about today is worry. And I realized today, worry is the middleman. Worry is the middleman between a problem and a solution. In life, they always say the best way to achieve success, you want to cut out that middleman. You can get more done. You can be more successful. This is exactly the same when it comes to worry. Just cut it out. You don't need it. It doesn't accomplish anything. Get it out. You'll be so much more successful. Speaking of success, our guest today, very, very successful. Again, he's a UFC fighter. Coming up, he's fighting in July at UFC 133. He is 5-2 in the UFC, 10-2 overall in mixed martial arts, 15-0 in kickboxing, and get this, 77 world championships in karate. That's right. I didn't mess that up. 77. Incredible. Let's talk to him right now, Sage Northcutt. Sage, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I, I'm blown away. 77 world. Is that a typo? Is that a typo that I read? No, you know what? Every single year at the World Championships, you have like multiple divisions you compete in. So you have a chance to go out there and win several world, uh, world titles every single year. It's really cool. So what's the most you ever won in one year? Uh, I believe it was seven world titles in a year. Man, is that? Do you look back and are you? Uh, you look back and are you blown away hearing that you have seventy-seven and hearing that you know you're fifteen and zero? Or is that does that kick into you? I mean, no pun intended with kickboxing, but does that like <laughs> is that set into you of that's what you've accomplished? You know what? Definitely. Uh, you look back; it sounds crazy, but since I was a little kid, like four and a half years old, starting off with martial arts, I've been training, traveling around the world to Russia, Croatia, Ireland, uh, everywhere, pretty much to compete. So. It's a lot of hard work. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's hard work that has certainly paid off. Guys, uh, we're live here on um, every Monday on I Could Never Be here on the Popcorn Talk Network. If you guys want to follow Sage after the show, certainly do that at Super Sage Northcutt on Instagram. If you want to follow me before and after the show, at The Only C on Instagram and Twitter. And certainly we are so blessed to be here on Popcorn Talk Network. Check them out at the Popcorn Talk on Twitter and on Instagram. Sage, you're prepping for your current fight, UFC 133, July 14th. That, that's a month away. How you feeling? You know what? I'm feeling great. So for the UFC, I've been undefeated 5-0 at my weight class at, at lightweight, so mm-hmm. 155 pounds. But uh, this fight, I'm moving up a weight class to 170, so welterweight division, and I've been training hard. And so what does that entail? You're moving up. You know, that, uh, that's, what, a 15-pound difference? How much is the, is the weight on that? Yes, yes, sir. 15-pound difference. But you know what's crazy is the amount of weight that you cut the day before the weigh-in. So now the UFC has a limit, but some guys will cut like 15 pounds in several hours just before the weigh-ins. Really? uh, Really? Insane. (laughs) And then you make the weight, and then you gain like 15 to 20 pounds back, maybe even 25 pounds, just before the next day. And then you you go out there and fight that much heavier. So what are you weighing about right now? Uh, Right now, I'm keeping my weight around 185-ish, so... So that way I got my fight coming up and I can make weight at 170. Oh my good. And what's the how do you how do you cut that much weight that quickly? You know what? It's kind of crazy, but uh some some guys sit in the bathtub, uh some go in the sauna, some go running. Everyone has like a different thing they do, but uh for me, it's just basically getting a sweat going and keeping that sweat 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, keeping that sweat going, I guess keeping that metabolism going. You know, you're you're you know, several fights into the UFC. Are you more relaxed now of being a UFC fighter? Did you feel maybe like your first fight that you were nervous being a UFC fighter and fighting in this, you know, upper echelon of fighters? Well, you know what? The fighters in the UFC are the best of the best. So yeah. to, to the UFC, you have to be uh, – very very few guys get there, so you have to be really good. Uh, I came into the UFC, if you didn't know, being one of the youngest fighters in the history ever to come in the UFC. I, I believe it was either the second or third youngest in history, being 19 years old, and being the youngest to go win his first fight in the UFC and, and have a uh, 5-0 and record lightweight division. So I uh, wasn't really nervous coming in because I've, I've had so much training and, and competing since I was a little kid. And uh, I guess keeping that up and knowing where you're going, but but uh, definitely excited. You know, and you said you know the youngest to ever win, and not only did you win, you won in 57 seconds. <laughs> I mean, that, you, sure. your first fight, you win in 57 seconds. <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks. Did, did that surprise <laughs> you? Did you even expect to win in under a minute in your first UFC fight? Well, you know what. Under a minute, that's that's crazy to try to think of, but uh, always try to go out there and, and uh, get the fight over with as quick as possible. So to go out there and either knock my opponent out or submit him or to go out there and obviously put on a great show, but to win. Uh, yeah, and I guess, yeah, whether you achieve that in 57 seconds, whether you achieve that uh, in round two, three, four, or even a decision, whatever it takes is a win, is a win, is a win. And, you know, what is your current training like now? We were talking a little bit before the show what does it entail? What are you doing for, for workouts, for cardio, for diet right now? What does that entail of your current lifestyle? How strict is it? So you know what? Uh, through, the, through the week, I train anywhere between uh, three to four, sometimes five hours a day. Uh, normally, there's a training session in the morning. Um, I have something in between. It might be like weights or cardio or, or technique. And then at nighttime, I have another hard training session at night. So that's pretty much how it is, uh, Monday through Friday, and then Saturday, and then uh, Sunday, I get my day of rest, so I get to rest my body, kind of heal up. My my diet and nutrition, I've always, since I've been a little kid, eating super healthy and making sure I, I take the right supplements. And uh, the crazy thing is, for the UFC, they have the strictest drug testing organization in the whole world. Out of any sport, I believe it's the same organization that tests the Olympics, so it's called USADA. And uh, USADA is the United States Anti-Doping Administration, so what they do is... Like you have an app on your phone and you have to log in what you're doing, where you're at, uh, what times you're there from, and they can come drug test you anytime, any day, wow. randomly. So wow. they can take blood, take urine, so you have to be you have to make sure everything's on point and you're not taking any supplements that are like tainted with anything bad, so be very careful. Yeah, I don't think uh John Jones is a fan of that uh that organization there. Uh, um <laughs> You're fighting against, you know, Zach Otto. Do you do you watch film? I mean, like other sports, like your your basketball team, your other, you're going against these teams. You're watching film. I mean, how much of your prep is analyzing your opponent and kind of, you know, gearing your skill set and your approach to that specific opponent? You know, I, I the more fights you have in the UFC, uh, since I'm one of the newer fighters in the UFC, I'm I'm young, so I'm working my way up. Mm-hmm. Um, you have like tougher opponent each time as you get better and better and better and you climb the ranks, I guess. Yeah. So you, you want to watch the footage. And for me, me, um, my coach Uriah Faber, my team, my dad, who's also one of my coaches, we all watch the footage, uh, watch it together separately and make notes and kind of come up with like a game plan. So what we want to accomplish out there, what kind of stuff we need to look out for, watch out for. 
my opponent's strengths, his weaknesses, whatever it might be out there. So that way I'm prepared. No, 100%. And you're talking about uh, your dad. I know you come from a, a family of fighters, correct? What other uh, members of your family are like professionals even? Oh, yes, sir. So my sister actually, she professional kickboxer, and uh, she's actually had uh, amateur MMA fights. And she might possibly come fight uh, professionally for MMA in the future. I could definitely see it. I could see her fighting, being the UFC champion of the world for the girls. She is crazy. She's taller than me. She's like six foot one. Wow. Ripped up, has abs and great shape. And she's, she's incredibly athletic. So my, my sister, I have a younger brother. He's 19 years old. He fights also. Um, he might be having some fights coming up. He's, he's very young and that would be cool to see. My uh, mom and dad... My mom and dad, uh, I guess my mom doesn't fight. She's a big supporter of us, and my dad's a huge supporter, but my dad has a martial arts background and has coached me since I've been little. Was this always a thing since you were little? I mean, you started fighting, I think, at age four. Was this something that was always in the blood? You know what? I, I think so. I think how it first started off was my dad wanted my sister to be able to protect herself. So my sister was like six or seven years old, and uh, me and my brother and sister were all three years apart, so... My sister was about six or seven. I was around four, four years old when I started. And uh, how it worked was he wanted her to be able to protect herself. She started liking the martial arts and the karate. So then I was like, I really want to do this. So I started <laughs> training for the karate and started competing around the world and having fun. I mean, you think as a parent, uh, all children fight. I guess in this way, your parents just focus that fighting in a positive direction. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what? Um, the thing is... Like I have a friend named Joseph actually that told me one time when I was a little kid, I was traveling all around the world competing, like I said, like to Russia, Croatia, all over Mexico, Ireland, uh, many different places pretty much since I've been a little kid every other weekend traveling and missing school for a day or two, like Thursday or Friday. So when I was traveling competing, my friend Joseph told me, he's a, he's a Christian, yeah. and he said, hey Sage, he told me and my dad, he goes, hey Sage, uh, while you, your sister and your brother are traveling and competing, do you ever, you ever get to talk to anybody about God? And I said, well, you know what? I haven't really thought about that. And I'm obviously pretty young. So he's like, well, I think you have a great platform to be able to do that. I think that you're going you're gonna to be able to reach a lot of people through this platform. So I was like, you know what? You're right. And my friend Joseph was right. So uh, it's, it's amazing. Now I'm, now I'm fighting for the UFC and uh, getting to be in front of millions of people online and Tuning in just to the fight right then and there for that 15 minutes, if it goes that long, and then for for the time being in between. Yeah, I know, especially, and it's become a you know big thing with a lot of athletes are using that platform. You think even the the NBA Finals just wrapped up, you know, a week or two ago, and obviously you have Steph Curry. You know, every time he hits a three pointer, he's pointing to God, and you have so many other athletes doing that. You know, well, how does that you know play into I guess your lifestyle in general? How does your faith impact your lifestyle? We know for me, uh, my, my faith is the most important thing because uh, it's, it's hard every single day that you wake up. It's hard to put God first because you might start off reading the day, reading the Bible, but then people get distracted. It might be your work. For me, it might be training five hours a day. And, and afterwards, I'm thinking two hours of the techniques that I maybe did wrong or the things I did right and how I can improve myself. So you have all this stuff on your mind, but putting God first is very important. So I try to do that every single day. And... Also, uh, I guess I'll share a quick story with you, which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was pretty young. I was, I think I was around like 11 or 12 years old, if I remember right. I was at a uh, crusade, and I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Benny Hinn, but 
I was in a crusade and Benny Hinn was preaching. And while I was there, he pulled me out of the audience. And the only person he pulled out of the audience that I remember the whole time I was there. And he goes, kid, come here. And he pulls me out of the audience, told me to come up there. He goes, uh, what, what's your name? And I said, Sage. And he goes, Sage, I want you to never forget this. He goes, you remind me of myself when I was a little kid. And when you, go, when you grow older, he goes, you're going to touch millions of people's lives and make an impact on millions. So, Did you believe it at that point? I, I, was, like, I was like, all right. I was like, <laughs> thank you very much. And obviously, I, I, I believed it. And, and now you look at it several years later as, as I grew older. Now I'm, now I'm competing for the UFC in front of millions of people and, and uh, getting a chance to get on and talk with people like you and – it's pretty amazing. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you including me uh, in that. Certainly, you know, I, it's it's an incredible story, and I'm, I'm so happy to be able to, to share your story. You know, growing up in the church and the faith, and people think, oh, faith and peace and, and, you know, not hurting people, and then you have the UFC, which is just straight fighting. What did uh, people, you know, in your church and people growing up kind of say about these two things that, you know, appear to a lot of people to be opposites? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, you know what? Uh, the UFC, if you think about it, uh, it is a sport, but if, it's kind of like the, the gladiators back in the day, but obviously we're not going out there to kill each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know some fighters have the intention of hurting each other or they have this anger or hatred towards each other, but for me, um, I use it as a platform, like I said, to be able to share the gospel. Also, to go out there and have fun. I, I, I believe I was gifted with the talent that I have and that... Uh, that the abilities that I have, the genetics, the talent, everything that I was gifted with, I need to use it to my best ability. So, and and to be able to talk to even one one kid after the fight, or if it's five hundred kids after the fight, and get to sign stuff and tell them about God, or maybe share some Bible scriptures, it's it's the biggest thing for me. How do you stay humble uh, in all this? You know, knowing that you now have several hundred thousand followers on Instagram, like you said, your fights are being watched by millions of people. You're getting the fame. How do you stay humble and keep that humility? Well, you just got to remember that for me, it's like everything that's on this earth is temporary. So no matter what you achieve, um, I, I'm, I'm looking to achieve something that's that's not going to be affected by moss and people that come in and thieves that steal your stuff or, or stuff that disappears. So stuff that's stored up in heaven, that's what I'm looking forward to and and I mean, it's pretty easy to stay humble when you think about it like that, what, what your goal is and what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I want to get into your uh, physical training uh, that you do for fights. But, you know, while we're on the topic of like, you know, you obviously this is a huge impact uh, and part of your life as well. What spiritual training do you go through? Well, how do you how do you maintain that part of your life? Well, you know what? I, I believe the biggest thing for me is having a connection with God. So being able to take Bible scriptures and quote scriptures throughout the day. And you really, not not just me, but for everybody pretty much, I think it's very powerful that you, you quote God's word back to him because it says that God doesn't deny his own word. I mean, every everything that's written in the Bible is, is true. So you take God's word and maybe you have an illness or maybe you have um, something that's hurting, a broken bone, or maybe trying to accomplish something. Uh, you got to you gotta set your goal and, and use, use that as something that you're, that you're, I guess, going, going with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess 
you know, no matter what it is, it takes perseverance. It takes, you know, the dedication to be able to say, this is what I need to do and just doing it throughout the day. I mean, especially uh, how crazy busy, you know, schedules are with you're doing that five hours of training. You're trying to stick to diet. You're doing all this other stuff. You just have to be able to place that importance on it. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's easy, like I said, to get distracted. So definitely keeping God on your mind. That's, that's huge for me. Um, uh, reading the Bible, absolutely. That's kind of like spiritual training. Reading the Bible, if you can get with a group of people, like like youth groups in the church, that's mm-hmm. that's great. Like the other day, last week, I was just bowling with a bunch of my Christian friends, and we're all hanging out and talking about God and and having fun bowling. So little things like that is is something that you can look forward to and have fun with. No, absolutely. Uh, and you know, talking about your your physical training with you know, obviously your fight coming up. Tell me about what that physical training is. What are you What are you going through? What is you know you're saying five hours a day? Break down that five hours for me. What does that entail? You got it. All right. So part of the training you have to have you have to have so many different parts of the training. So I, mean, I, I would say that the UFC and the MMA is definitely one of like the most out of any sport, is a sport that combines like the most other sports in there. If you think about it, because yeah, to have the striking, which is like boxing and kickboxing and Muay Thai, all those things, that's a lot of different aspects of it. But you also have the, the cardio, so the stand-up cardio. Maybe it's running, maybe it's uh, doing the stair stepper in the gym, or practicing movement or shadow boxing, whatever it might be. That's just one aspect of it. But now you have the wrestling, so that's a whole different part of the training. You're training just wrestling alone. Then you're adding in strikes, so now it's like, like this morning, for instance, I had wrestling where you're up against the cage, you're you're out in the open, you're taking each other down, and one guy's trying to hold you, the other guy's trying to escape, and the guy on top's trying to like pound you with punches and and knees and different things. So the the training breaks down from everything between wrestling, uh, jiu-jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, grappling, judo, any aspect of martial arts you can pretty much think of, along yeah. with the cardio. Yeah, it's so true because you there you. Yeah, it's one of those things people think boxing, oh, and it's just stand-up. And then you think, you know, other sports that you're just using one particular aspect. And this, you're right, that combines so many different things. You have to be so skilled in a variety of things. And especially depending on who your opponent is, they could be strong in one area that you're not. And so you need to be able to step your game up to be able to counter any attacks. Exactly, exactly. So you have to be able to learn their style if you don't know it be able to defend it and then also whatever your style is your main style that you're good at or maybe you're good at all of it and you have to you have to use that to your ability so i don't think a lot of people realize too exactly how exhausting five minutes in a ring is you know in between like three and five minutes i think is the rounds and it it seems like oh it's just five minutes but how exhausting can those five minutes be yeah you know what it could definitely be exhausting you want to be in the best shape possible I mean, you could. There's guys that I know that can go out there and run, go sprint, pretty much like 80% sprint for an hour straight, and have the best cardio. Not even, mm-hmm. not even going to be breathing at the end of the run. And they can get out there and after that and go box 10 rounds. But they go out there in the UFC and you're in front of 20, 25, 30,000 people in the arena, and you go out there and fight, and your adrenaline can get to you. So you have to make sure that your adrenaline doesn't get to you, that you're calm, and that you're ready to ready to go out there and use what you've trained for. When you're in the ring, obviously part of it is, you know, you're doing the striking, you're on the offense, but on the defensive end as well, you need to be able to prepare. How do you prepare, you know, obviously physically you can, you can talk about the preparations that go into maybe trying to block a hit or trying to not get taken down. 
How do you prepare mentally for going into a fight? You know what? That's that's one of the most important things, actually, because a lot of people have the ability to go out there and perform great, but having the mental aspects huge. So you got to have that confidence. Um, obviously, having a goal, what you're working for, your confidence, and uh, you have to you have to be able to not play on every aspect or scenario, but you want to have your mind open. So you kind of want to be thinking about what you could do. Like you visualize if you can. What I try to do is visualize the fight before I go out there. So. If I'm visualizing maybe a thousand times before I go out there, it could be all the good scenarios that I could do, but also maybe if I'm in a bad position, what what good things should I do to get out of that position? If I'm going to take my opponent's back or if maybe he's trying to throw a punch and maybe I take one punch, but now I'm escaping, whatever it might be, you have to keep that keep that in your mind and, and make sure that you're ready mentally. Yeah, what keeps you focused when you're getting hit, when you're in that ring and, and you know, you're know you you're on the bottom or you're not in a position of dominance and you know, you're know you getting an elbow, you're getting a kick, you're getting a knee, a punch. What keeps you focused? Do you, do you think in those moments, are you fully there of thinking, okay, I need to do step A, step B, step C to get out of this? Or what is going through your mind? Well, you know what? Sometimes you have sometimes you have the ability to think, okay, I need to do this, and you can go step by step. But a lot of times, it's happening so fast, it's kind of a natural instinct. So mm. you have to do what you train for and what comes natural. So basically, do that. But there are thoughts that go through your mind sometimes. So you're out there, and you're someone's trying to hit you with an elbow or a punch, and you're like, no way, buddy, I'm not letting <laughs> you punch me. So you try to move your head, and you're like, I'm about to roll you over, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to finish this fight so that way I can get up and. Go see my family. <laughs> are you planning moves out in advance? You are. You are. So maybe the guy's, maybe the guy's uh, staying really tight on you. Mm-hmm. If the guy's on top, for instance, and, and he's not letting you move, you're like, okay, well, I'm having a hard time moving. Maybe he's going to throw a punch next. So you think about that punch that's going to come, and you plan out, I have option A, I can take his back. Or option B, I can put him in an arm bar. Or I can triangle choke him. Or option C, I can push him off and try to get him back up. Or Whatever it might be, you think of all the options and the possibilities and try to act on it. What, what pressure comes uh, to you of being the youngest you know, winner in the sport? What was that like? Did you feel the pressure? And even now you look at the guys that you're competing against are still significantly older, some who have been fighting for longer. What pressure is there? Do you feel it? Well, you know, not... Not really a pressure, um, not not like a nervousness or a pressure. I always get excited when I go out there. But when you when you walk out there to compete, me being the youngest fighter or the youngest fighter at the time on the roster for the UFC coming in at 19 and fighting for the UFC, going out there being like 10 years younger, 15, 20 years younger than the people out there, that means that they've had that much experience in the UFC sometimes. Some mm-hmm. guys have had 10 years in the UFC yeah. or 20 years. And it's crazy to think about because – uh, I mean, like the Bible says, you can't look down on somebody because they're young. I, I don't know the exact Bible scripture off mm-hmm. the top of my mind, but but just because I'm young in my age doesn't mean that maybe I'm not prepared for what, what what's come up against me. So uh, going out there, I just kind of I kind of keep in my mind that I can't let anything that get to me because I've, I've pretty much trained my whole entire life for this. I, yeah. Since I was four years old and five years old and all the time above, I've, I've trained my striking to be the best. Now I'm training my wrestling to be the best and my jiu-jitsu and trying to become the best fighter I can be. Yeah. Do you 
compare the battles that you go through in the ring to battles in life. I mean, we're talking about all this, the training that involves uh, every fight, the the aspects of trying to prepare mentally and trying to prepare physically. Do you ever look at the the comparisons of like life battles that you go through and the the mentality that it takes as well as the battles that you're facing in the ring? Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different things that I guess people don't think about. Just if you say, okay, this guy's an MMA fighter, they think the training is the training and it might be tough. And then you go out there and you fight for 15 minutes the most, or maybe mm-hmm. it could be 10 seconds, wherever it might be. So, but the, the things that go into the training is huge. So like little, sometimes the fighters have little tweaks. Maybe they have like not an injury, but they have something that's kind of bu- bugging them and bothering them. Kind of like you would say, maybe maybe you're at work and, and maybe your person next to you at work always says something negative to you and you're trying to let it get in your mind and you don't want to let it get to you, but it's always kind of there bothering you. Well, that's kind of maybe something that relates to like an everyday thing. Maybe someone has like at work, for instance. But there's a lot of different things that, that I guess fighters go through that that people don't realize. So how do you stay focused, you know, with all these little, yeah, these little ticks, these little things that can easily just latch on and are leeches? Well, you know what? I try to stay focused by praying. So if I have, <laughs> if I have like a little like tweak or something, I'm like, I'm like, Lord Jesus, I'm healed by the blood of Jesus Christ, by his stripes. So <laughs> I'm not going to have this against my, my body. I'm young. I'm going to be healed up. And, and I try to make sure that, that I keep my prayers prayers first and, and, and try to keep my, uh, my, my faith right there in front of me because sometimes sometimes you think about every other thing, maybe it doesn't bother you and, and you're thinking about all the negative things and whatever it might be, but, but sometimes you just got to realize what you do have is you have God right there and you have the power of prayer. You have friends and family that can pray for you no matter what kind of problem it is. So I've, I've had I've, another little story. Let's talk about the 700 Club. Which, uh, which me and my family watch, if you've heard of the 700 yep. Club on CBN. And uh, Pat Robertson one time, I was, I think, 15 years old. I had, I had a broken, broken bone in my body, and I had a cast on my body. It had, it had been, like what I remember, it had been about a week. And it was supposed to take, I think it said eight weeks to heal with the cast and then get the cast removed. So it had been about a week or so, maybe, maybe a week and a half at the most, what I remember – and on the TV, Pat Robertson's praying, and he goes, you know, there's someone out there that broke their hand. It was hit really, uh, hit really weird. Now it's completely healed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So me, me and my uh, dad looked at each other, and we go, well, my dad goes, well, that's you, Sage. I said, well, that's me, Dad. So we both prayed right there. Went to the doctor the very next day. We had him cut off my cast, which, which went all the way up my bone. And uh, they took the x-ray, and they said it was, the bone was stronger than what the opposite side of my body, the other bone would be wow. and uh, has ever been. So they said the calcium book was more strong than ever and it was completely healed. Wow, that's an incredible story. <laughs> by, by praying, by God. So Any, Yeah, anything, you know, if you look at it, I always say, you know, the people who, who doubt the power of prayer don't know the power of the person we're praying to. Right, Exactly. Do you think back to one of your fights, one of your numerous victories, you know, the five victories in UFC or the 10 overall in MMA, the 77 championships, 15-0 kickboxing. Can you think back in one of those big fights of a time where your back was against the wall and you almost thought you were going to lose the fight? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I had a fight for the UFC, actually, for UFC 200. And that was, at the time, it was the biggest event for the UFC ever. 
to be able to fight on. So I remember the canvas was yellow, totally different color than they, I think they've ever had pretty much for the UFC, or maybe the second time ever having it. And I'm out there fighting. I was fighting a very good fighter from, uh, from Spain, and now he's actually my friend. But during the fight, he actually had me in a crazy arm bar. So my, my arm was completely extended, more than extended enough to tap out and, and to have pretty much a broken bone or tear a tendon. But I fought through it, and I had to fight out of the arm bar. Then my opponent got me in another submission, which was crazy because he's a, he's a very good grappler with jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Got me another submission. I had to fight out of that too. But everybody watching thought I was finished. And I, it was pretty much – that was like a, a point right there in the fight. If I would have tapped out, if I would have broken my bone or my tendon, and the fight could have been over. So – I had to find out of that. that so was tough. What, what was your mentality? Go back to that moment. What was in your mind telling you to push forward? Well, you know, I was thinking about all the things that I guess motivate me. And I was in my mind. I was like, there's no way I'm going to let this happen. This guy has me in an arm bar. But I was like, I've, I've trained my muscles so much. I put so many hours into training. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let this person, I'm going to do my absolute best, everything I can to fight out of this and, Use every ounce of strength, every ounce of technique, everything I have to be able to get out of this. So just kind of thinking about the things that motivate me right there in that split second to fight out of it. Absolutely. What keeps you driven in the UFC, you know, to keep attaining that next level, to keep, and even in life, to be able to keep going, to be able to reach that next pinnacle of success and the next pinnacle of success? What drives you? Well, for me, what drives me is goals. So... I, I try to create goals and try to accomplish those. So, for instance, being uh, – I was nine years old. I think it was in 2000 and – I forgot what year it was. I, was. I was nine years old, though. I believe I made it on the front cover of the Sport Karate magazine, being the youngest person in the history ever to make it in the front cover. So that was a goal that I had set to be able to be the youngest, and I made it as the youngest person, and that was uh, something I accomplished. Then after that – I said when I was a few years later, when I was real young, I said, I'm going to fight for the UFC when I get older. So came into the UFC, being one of the youngest fighters in the UFC, and I got that. Now, having at my age, being the youngest person to have that win streak, being undefeated at the lightweight division at 5-0 and for the UFC, and uh, I had that goal, and now i accomplished that goal, which is great. Now I'm, now I'm shooting for the next goal, so, so always what, striving to what do are the next? What are the next goals? Well, I'd like to be the U- UFC champion of the world. Uh, be the youngest UFC champion. That'd be amazing. I'm only 22 years old right now, so I still have time. How, and, how, how uh, young was the youngest? He was uh, 23, almost almost 24 years old. So okay. the end of 23. So what do yep. you think? You think if you win the next one, I mean, how, how many more fights do you think that would take? You know what? I, I can't say only the UFC can, yeah. uh, UFC can but, but uh, I could definitely see it in the future for sure. No, absolutely. Uh, a question I love to ask people is, you know, especially for someone like yourself who's so well known and getting more and more well known as you achieve more success in the sport, is in twenty or thirty years when when you finish, you know, majorly fighting and, and you finish your career and you're able to look back and it's been several years after maybe you've ended. What are two to three things that you want people to look back at your career and your life around your career? And take from it lessons, you know, things that you want people to look at your career and say, I remember him for this. Well, I would say one would have to be how I carry myself. So that's inside the octagon, outside the octagon, walking around every single day. My just the person I am, my character, how I carry myself, my character. That, that's huge for me because 
I guess one reason for that would be is sometimes we're the only Bible that someone might see. They may never pick up a Bible. They may never may never actually hear about Jesus. May never step into church. Someone may never talk to them about Jesus. Might not have grown up in a family that's that's a believer in uh, Christ. So sometimes you're the only person that they see that's that's kind of like that. <laughs> so how I carry myself and my character that'd be that'd be one important thing. And uh, I have to think about some more. Uh, I guess I guess how driven I am like to to go out there and accomplish accomplish things and and to make an impact on the people that I meet. Wow. So that's my second one. No, I love that first one. I've never never heard that analogy before of you might be the only Bible that someone sees. Obviously, as a strong believer myself, that's something so important. And that's that's an incredible – I love that analogy. Thanks. I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, it's it, – if you think about it, yeah, some, some people may never even hear the word of God or may never even – ever have seen anybody that's that I guess carries himself in in the right manner I mean some some Christians are looked down on because they make a mistake or something but people have to realize that that everybody's not perfect I mean we're only, we're only human and if if it was up to us and we didn't have Jesus no my opinion you want to be able to get in heaven by your works because we're not perfect so that's what the Bible says that's why Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and and I, I just try to carry myself like him, and I know that Christians do. Amen, amen. Uh, final question, what is your definition of success? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, there's so many answers to that. <laughs> success, I would say, I mean, there's a different, different answer for everybody pretty much. Um, success would have to be, I guess, something – Something that obviously you have to be able to make an impact on what you're doing to be successful and people have to be able to – I guess maybe maybe people don't have to be able to realize what kind of impact you're making because you can be successful to yourself even though people might not – people might be viewing you as not a successful person. You might – at the time, I'm for me, myself, might not be the champion of the world for the UFC and I might not have an undefeated record um, out of all my fights as a professional, but – but would I consider myself successful where I'm at at my age? Uh, yes, I would because I'm very young and I'm goal-oriented and I'm always striving for something better. So I guess it's something you have to think about inside yourself and your heart. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and before we close, you know, I can't take this time uh, with you not to talk about a little bit of uh, UFC news. Obviously, this is something that I, I'm sure you love talking about. Do you got a, a few extra minutes here to be able to just talk about some things going on in the UFC? Yeah, you got it. Yes, sir. So uh, I know uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, CM Punk, you know, WWE fighter, kind of transitioned over to MMA and UFC. He lost his second fight. And you know, there was some controversy around the fight of whether he was helped through it. I mean, do you think he's he should keep fighting in the UFC? You think at 2-0 and that he's done, or 0-2 that he's done? Well, you know what? I've actually met CM Punk one time training in Milwaukee with my friend Tyron Woodley, who's mm-hmm. the champion of the world at 170. He's a very nice guy, and I know that he's, he's got to be putting in the training and the effort. It, it takes a while to be able to, to get to the, I guess, get all the skill set that these guys that have trained 20 or 30 years for have, have been in the UFC for so long and have trained their whole lives for. So he, he came from WWE and now fighting for the UFC. I think it took him so much courage. It took, takes anybody courage to be able to step out there in the octagon and fight. I think he did a great job. I guess, I guess it's up to him to see what he's going to do. But I know that if he does have another fight, he'll be training, training super hard for it. He's got to. And and if he doesn't, 
he definitely had the courage, the bravery to get out there because not everybody can do that. Oh, it's certainly the case. I mean, step into the octagon, you're, yeah. you're solo and you have to be able to be strong enough to mentally to be able to even get in the ring. Right. So, you know, talking about uh, athletes transitioning overall, obviously uh, there's been fighters who have transitioned from MMA strictly back to boxing kind of uh, for the money, for other things. Do you think you will see we'll see more of that? Obviously, Conor McGregor did that. Do you think more UFC fighters and MMA fighters will step in solely to the boxing ring? You know what? That'd be really cool. I, I would like to see that, and I could I could definitely see that in the future. So I could also see some boxing guys stepping into the MMA ring, hmm. and someone that's having that good of striking for boxing. Now you put on small gloves and and you can add elbows and and you learn how to defend a takedown. That'd be That'd be pretty cool too. Do you so think it's, do you think it's easier to transition from MMA into boxing or boxing into MMA? Uh, you know what? I I feel like you take a boxer and he learns the wrestling and everything. That that'd be pretty cool, and that might be an easier transition if he has time. the The MMA style of boxing is a little bit different because you have to watch out for takedowns, kicks. Everything's different. But actually, that's a great question. I have to think about that one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough because, yeah, there, there's pros to each. Who is, uh, who's your best pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world right now, and who's your favorite fighter ever? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I would have to say my, my – I guess my favorite fighter right now would be actually one of my coaches, Uriah Faber, because hmm. I know him personally, and he's yeah. such a cool guy, uh, such a great mentor, how he's, how he's training me and putting in the time, and, and who he is uh, like. As, as he like carries himself as being a UFC Hall of Famer who, who made it to that point and is that incredible. So he's someone I look up to for the fighting. And we can't, uh, can't have this interview with and talk about UFC without talking about uh, Conor McGregor. Obviously, he's going through uh, some legal issues right now. Do you think uh, he'll fight again in the UFC? Do you think that'll, that'll happen? I could definitely see him fighting for the UFC again. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool, too. I'd like to see that. Do you think he, you know, a lot of people look at his situation from the outside and think, you know, the, the way he handles himself, the way he carries himself is maybe bad for the sport. You could make, make, make the look at it and say, oh, he's increasing publicity. How do fighters feel about him and the way he's acting? Well, you know what? I know other fighters get kind of mad about it and they're upset and stuff, but, but I think, I think he's, he's definitely has the confidence how, he, how he's walking out there and, he definitely believes that he's going to go out there and win every time he steps out there. That's what it seems like. Uh, he does. He does do uh, some very interesting stuff, like what happened with the incident that you're talking about. That was that was pretty interesting. But but you're right. It did bring publicity, and and people want to tune in and see him fight. And that's 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 what pretty much matters to UFC. The people that are there to watch the fight and. Without the fans and without the people tuning in, the UFC wouldn't be what it is. He's a master at promotion. Him and Mayweather certainly did that uh, with their fight a little over a year ago, around a year ago. So you can't you can't fault him if he he's bringing in the publicity, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, Sage, thank you so much for taking the time today, seriously, and for opening up about the the battles that you faced uh, both in the ring and outside of the ring, certainly being able to offer that encouragement and inspiration. Uh, I mean, I really do appreciate that. I know anyone listening, they put you on this pedestal and think, man, he's so successful, he must just be a natural fighter. But you put in the work, you put in the effort, and you, you know, you've earned your, all your wins. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. If you guys want to follow Sage after the show, certainly on Instagram at Super Sage Northcut. If you want to follow me before or after the show at the Only MC on Instagram and on Twitter, and certainly we are so thankful again to be here on Popcorn Talk Network at the Popcorn Talk on Twitter and on Instagram, guys. We're live here every single Monday, 410 Pacific Time. We're also available on Apple Podcasts. Please go comment, like, subscribe, both on podcasts and on YouTube. Tell a friend. And you know what? Just stop worrying. Cut out the middleman. It'll help you out. It'll make you more successful. Guys, I hope you learned a lot today. Hope you feel inspired. Hopefully you feel encouraged. Go be that positive figure in someone's life today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.